Music. Culture. Arts. News. Local. Global. The new sound of public radio. 1019 WDET Detroit. Fifty minutes past the hour, and you are listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and thanks for being here. We're hearing a lot these days about ways that people are exposed to lead, especially since we became aware of the water crisis in Flint. And just this week, we've heard there are numerous Detroit school buildings with high lead levels in their drinking water. But it's not just water lines that sometimes contain lead. It's also the paint on the walls in old homes, and as a result, sometimes the soil in our yards with people getting ready to plant their summer gardens what can we do to make sure we're not exposing ourselves to lead when we plant and consume our tomatoes and our cucumbers here to help me sort that out is Teresa mclean she is a michigan state university extension educator specializes in community food systems located in flint she also supports the edible flint urban agriculture initiative Teresa, welcome to detroit today well thank you so much Stephen. it's a pleasure to be here. yeah no i'm glad you're here um i lived for a long time in baltimore uh, which is another city that has grappled with this lead problem for for decades, really. Yes. Uh, and there, uh, it, it was it was about lead in the water. Uh, they have lead in uh, the water in the schools there. That's been going on for more than uh, ten years, I believe. But more than that, it was the the sort of paint on walls and the mm-hmm. the, uh, the lead in the soil that results when you tear down old houses, for mm-hmm. instance, and don't do lead abatement. Uh, we, we did a lot of work at the at the newspaper there writing about uh, the effects of this lead. I, obviously, we, we have the same issue here in Detroit in, uh, for different reasons, but also for some of the same reasons. As well as in Flint. Yeah. And um, what we've learned through the water, drinking water crisis and the, um, the concern that people are sharing about growing food gardens uh-huh. in soil, did the water contaminate our soil? Right. And so last fall, we reached out to our MSU um, environmental chemists and um, spoke with them about what was the likelihood that now um, the water exposure was causing our gardens to be unsafe. And we learned through some calculations and some um, things that we were able to share that the um, amount of lead in the water was not significantly affecting our soil lead levels. The bigger concern was what was already in the soil. And Uh you mentioned one of the um, historical sources of lead, which was our lead-based paint, also lead-based gasoline and um, industrial manufacturing. And even back in the 1950s, um, lead arsenate was used in orchards as a pesticide. So it does not go away in the soils. It it resides there. It's a a historical... uh, And if if I plant in that soil... Uh, does the food that comes up as a result is that is that tainted with lead? Well, and and what we do to reduce risk is before we plant in any soil, um, especially for food gardens, we want to know what the soil lead levels mm-hmm. are, and mm-hmm. so we really promote soil lead testing. Our Edible Flint Urban Ag Initiative has. Um, 
five years of historical data now that we've mapped out on um, our soil-led results, and that's pretty important. And depending on how those results come back, we can make some recommendations to reduce risk. And um, so, what would some of those things be that you might do to reduce to reduce the risk? Well, um, in Flint, in particular, we are um, offering irrigation hose filters that screen for lead now. Okay. Um, but but to the soil itself, it is the addition of organic matter. It is raising the soil pH. And these things kind of bind lead up in the soil. And what we've learned is that um, when we're within safe levels, that our environmental protection agency says 400 parts per million and below are safe, we're a little more conservative and we'll recommend 300 parts per million and below. And um, so you can grow crops in these soils. And interestingly, we've learned through some researchers, an excellent paper that was just published in January of 2016, um, about the relative um, inability of vegetables to take lead up into their tissues. It's more about the soil, if it's elevated lead, right. that's stuck on the outside of the vegetable. Right, right. And well, so, and, and working in the soil. I mean, working in the soil the human, gives you that sort of exposure, right? And, and uh, human exposure through um, keeping your hands, hands uh, covered and, with gloves, yeah. your feet and um, footwear and not tracking it into the house where it could become um, airborne as dust. So, um, and then another key thing is to keep the soil covered, mulch it. And that way it avoids the soil splash onto your growing plants, but also your exposure to it. And with that um, knowledge that they don't readily take up lead and that we can garden in some elevated lead situations as long as they're not above what we recommend, 300 parts per million. Then you can actually choose crops which even have a lower risk of being... Of, of taking of, it in, yeah. And it, or being uh, covered with it. So our root crops, obviously, yeah. are going to have soil stuck to them. Yeah. And for us in Flint, we have to uh, make sure we're washing them very thoroughly, peeling them, and washing them in filtered water right. or, or by... <laughs> Right, right. Um, it's a lot of it's a lot of effort and thought uh, to go to to just sort of have tomatoes in your yard, right? However, (laughs) the the food security and the healthy food access Uh that um, gardening provides, as well as that spiritual connection with the land and each other, is important and. the, the research paper that we found a lot of what we're sharing today is uh, makes the point that the benefits far outweigh the risks as long as you use those risk management practices. Yeah, yeah. Uh, t- uh, food security, uh, we've only got about a minute and a half left, but I'm, I'm curious about uh, access to food, fresh food in Flint. That's an issue here in Detroit, of course. I would imagine that it's equally an issue. It is an issue. In the past three years or so, all of our chain grocers are closed. We have a lot of independent markets and corner and convenience stores, but the quality and in, in terms of fresh produce that we're speaking of today, is not great. Yeah. And so there are a lot of initiatives going on right now. So it's right more now. important for people to plan on their own, right? And they do share. And we have a community garden that um, produced over 1,800 pounds of produce that's shared with wow. the neighbors. And they eat much better. Yeah, yeah. 
All right. Teresa McLean of Michigan State University Extension ed- Educator, uh, Edible Flint Urban Agriculture Initiative. Uh, we're about to get started with gardening in earnest, right? Is, yes, uh, we today are. Today is a great example of the weather we need. Yes, right? we are. Cool season <laughs> crops in some cases are yeah. going in the ground. Yeah. So. All right. Well, thank you very much uh, for being here on Detroit Today. Thank you, Stephen. Yeah. That's going to do it for me today. Uh, I'll be back on Monday. Our show is produced by Laura Webb. Davis, Jake Neer, Amy Miller, and Art Regner. The program director is Joan Isabella. Technical director and engineer is Matthew Trevathan. Associate producers are Jay, Elizabeth, and Mike. And the Detroit Today theme song, that wonderful music that we have at the beginning and the end of the show, it was composed by WDET Sam Bobian. This is 1019 WDET Detroit, Wayne State's public radio station. See you next week.